Hey, I'm Marin Nguyen, and you're listening to PodNed, a podcast for nurses in the emergency department. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of PodNed, the Resus series. This is Kiri DeCroof and Laura Webb, and today we're going to be talking to you guys about vasopressors and inotropes. Woo! Okay, so before we get stuck in, let's cover some basic hemodynamic terminology. The first one is cardiac output. So this is something that we should all know from our very beginning days at uni, but we'll just touch on it because we're going to be talking about cardiac output quite a bit in this podcast. Cardiac output is the amount of blood ejected from the left ventricle during systole over a period of one minute. Cardiac output is determined by multiplying the heart rate then by the stroke volume. And stroke volume is the amount of blood ejected from the left ventricle. Another term is preload, which is the volume of blood in the ventricle at the end of diastole. And we can't miss out afterload, which is the resistance that the heart must pump against in order to eject the blood. This resistance is provided by the arterial system. A couple of other terminologies that we'll just touch on before we get started that might be new to you is inotropy and chronotropy. So inotropy is the increased strength of the contraction and chronotropy is the increased rate of contraction. So I guess the first thing that we should really talk about is why we use vasoactive agents. So they're often needed when a patient is in shock And shock is generally associated with a low blood pressure, but the definition of shock is much more than that. So shock can be defined as as inadequate tissue oxygenation. So there's three factors that need to be considered for tissues to be oxygenated. So the first one is oxygen transfer across the alveolar capillary membrane. Second is the oxygen attachment to haemoglobin. And the third is adequate cardiac output to move the oxyhemoglobin molecules to the tissues. So um, there's several ways that we can increase cardiac output. Firstly, we want to enhance circulating volume through fluid resuscitation. So this will increase our preload. Uh, Then we want to enhance myocardial contractility with inotropes through their positive inotropic effect, which we'll talk about next. We also want to manipulate heart rate with inotropes through their uh, chronotropic effect. And you can see through this how inotropes are useful in the management of shock and tissue oxygenation. So our vasoactive agents are used in shock mainly to manipulate cardiac output and afterload, so systemic vascular resistance. All right, so what are inotropes and vasopressors and what's the difference? Well, inotropes can be split into positive and negative inotropes. Positive inotropes increase the strength of heart muscle contractions. So an example of this would be adrenaline. Whereas negative inotropes weaken the force of muscular contraction. And an example of that would be beta blockers. Vasopressors, on the other hand, induce vasoconstriction as a means to elevate blood pressure. A number of drugs that we might give to patients will have both positive inotropic and vasopressor effects. 
such as noradrenaline and dopamine. So, vasoactive agents work by targeting specific receptor sites in the body. The degree of the effect depends upon the dose of the inotrope and the receptor that it targets. So we'll just uh, touch on some of those receptors and the effect that will be seen. So you may have heard of your alpha receptors. These guys have the effect of vasoconstriction. Whereas the beta-1 receptor increases heart rate and contractility and the beta-2 causes bronchodilation, vasodilation of skeletal and coronary blood vessels. And dopaminergic receptors uh, induce vasodilation of renal and mesenteric blood vessels. Alright, so let's start talking about the different drugs that we use, starting with noradrenaline. Yeah, let's kick it off. So, noradrenaline is a vasopressor and has mild positive inotropic effects. It causes vasoconstriction and increases cardiac output. So what are the actions of noradrenaline? Well, it's an adrenergic stimulant with action on alpha and beta receptors. This increases cardiac output, systemic vascular resistance, and MAP. Noradrenaline is commonly used in patients that present with septic shock. We prepare an infusion of noradrenaline in our department at six milligrams in 94 mils of 5% dextrose. We would start the dose from somewhere between five to 15 mics per minute with a max dose of 20 mics per minute. All right, the next drug that I wanna talk about is adrenaline. So adrenaline is a vasopressor and a positive inotrope. It is a non-selective alpha and beta adrenergic stimulant. So it works on alpha, beta one and beta two receptors. It is a direct-acting sympathomimetic drug. So a sympathomimetic drug is something that mimics the stimulation of the sympathetic nervous system. Uh, so it's a vasopressor, a positive inotrope and chronotrope, increases myocardial excitability, it's a vasodilator at low doses, and a vasoconstrictor at high doses. It's also a bronchial smooth muscle relaxant. So the net result of using adrenaline as a drug is increased heart rate, blood pressure, and cardiac output. So adrenaline is most commonly used as an infusion for cardiac arrest uh, patients and anaphylaxis patients. It's also a second line drug for septic shock. The infusion is prepared as six milligrams in 94 mils of 5% dextrose and the vials come as one milligram in one mil, so you'd need six vials. And the starting dose is somewhere between five to 15 micrograms per minute, depending on the patient and the effect that you're trying to achieve, with a max dose of 20 mics per minute. The next drug that we're gonna talk about, guys, is dopamine. Dopamine is a vasopressor that has some dose-dependent inotropic properties. It can work on dopaminergic alpha, beta 1 and beta 2 receptors. Uh, some indications for the use of dopamine include for inotropic support in patients that present with acute heart failure, 
cardiogenic shock due to MI, cardiogenic shock due to open heart surgery. We can also use it as well for some patients that present with septic shock. We prepare our infusion at our emergency department uh, based on the patient's weight and it is 400 milligrams in 90 mils of 5% dextrose with a max dose of 50 mics per kilo per minute. All right, dobutamine. So dobutamine is um, indicated for short-term treatment in adults with cardiac failure, secondary to an acute MI, sepsis or cardiac surgery. Dobutamine is a positive inotrope and it works primarily on beta-1 receptors. It does this by increasing the force of myocardial contraction, inotropy, without significant increases in heart rate, chronotropy. It has mild beta-2 stimulation and it results in slight vasodilation, which can decrease systemic vascular resistance and the mean arterial pressure of patients. So dobutamine uh, is, is prepared as 500 milligrams in 100 mils of 5% dex in our department and the vials come in 250 milligrams in 20 mils. Uh, and the dosage is in micrograms per kilogram per minute with a max dose of 40 mics per kilo per minute. I also just wanted to mention that dobutamine is a really good drug to use in patients who have had a myocardial infarction as it doesn't increase their heart rate and myocardial oxygen demand or increase their systemic vascular resistance and myocardial workload. This is because it doesn't have any alpha properties uh, and their blood pressure is supported by increased myocardial contractility only. Therefore, if hypotension persists, an alpha stimulant may also be required for those patients. Okay, guys, so the last drug that we're going to touch on for today is metaraminol. Metaraminol is a vasopressor. It directly and indirectly stimulates the alpha receptors in the sympathetic nervous system. The alpha stimulation causes vasoconstriction with an increase in both systolic and diastolic blood pressure and an increase in systemic vascular resistance. It has a positive inotropic effect on the heart and a peripheral vasoconstrictor action. The effects of it commence one to two minutes after IV injection and lasts 20 minutes to an hour after. In our department, it comes as a pre-filled syringe, which comes with three milligrams in six mils. Uh, we administer one mil, which is 0.5 milligrams as a slow IV bolus and then we assess the patient's blood pressure after that. If there's been no response after about two to three minutes we can administer a further one mil and again reassess the BP. You may find that you need to continue to give some additional doses. If the patient is frequently requiring boluses of metaraminol then we need to be considering some other types of vasopressors or inotropes for this patient. Thanks, Thanks so, so much, much for listening, listening to, to our, our podcast. <laughs> 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 <laughs>